0: here for another weekend update for the week ending August 23rd, 2019. We know exactly what we're looking at. We're looking at a crime scene and we're going to do the investigation to see where the market's going next. There's a lot of stuff going on. I have notes for my notes. So we're going to have a run through of as much stuff as I can to give us all the best crack at the picture going forward. You see another trend line on the screen. Let me address that right out of the gate. It's a number. It's not the only number. It's not the lowest number. It's one of the numbers. We'll get back to that later. Let's backtrack for a second and do a quick recap. We said the other day, Powell wouldn't want to upset the markets. He doesn't want to upset the apple cart. The Fed doesn't want to upset the apple cart. They're trying to hold this thing together. So everybody's anticipating Powell's comments on Friday out at the Jackson Hole boondoggle. This is the ES futures contract. It's a 15 minute snapshot of what went on on Friday. So the markets were jittery early in the morning. They've been jittery. We know about the jitters. But it looked like things were turning around. The market was once again resilient, almost poised for another Friday float higher. Not so fast. couple of things went on. So here's where we have to give each other some leeway a little bit. I'm going to say a couple of things that most of you or some of you likely won't agree with. And yet the fascinating thing is neither of us can really prove the point one way or the other. It's a matter of how we look at things. You're here, you're inside my head, you bought the ticket on the ride. Let's go back to something we discussed yesterday, the day before that, the day before that, and so on. This is from Inside the Numbers. Everybody here should remember es twenty nine twenty five. There's obviously a corresponding SPY number. But for now, we're going to use 2925. A lot of stuff went on on Friday. This is just a snapshot of a point in time. Gap filled. So I'm putting this out at 1040. Showtime. Bulls or Bears second decision point of the day so far. The first one was the reversal out of the gate early in the morning. Just so happens we're back to ES2925. Funny how this works. But that's not all. So here, the high in this candle happens to be 29.27.75. We know it was a rodeo ride out there. So the numbers being the numbers are still the numbers, but the market certainly spikes through in both directions in the wild rodeo ride scenario. We filled the gap, hit 29.25 a little bit higher, And all of a sudden, and here's where you have to have a little bit of an open mind, a blank canvas, just for a minute. The Trump tweet comes out, the market has a fit, and the rest is history from there. So the question is, has it anything to do with 29.25 filling the gap? And I'll give you one more. Just something we discussed in Thursday night's video. And if you forgot or you didn't catch it, go back to watch that video. We talked about the mid-morning pivot it's on the chart almost every single day using the 80 20 rule 80 percent of the time we get some kind of mid-morning pivot if the markets trading higher It's a mid-morning pivot and we either go sideways or lower. And if it's trading lower, we get a mid-morning pivot and the market usually tries to recover for a while. And then we get to read the market. Is it strong? Is it weak? And we read from there. We take it one step at a time. But this is just something that we notice by looking at the charts every day for decades. Is it a coincidence that the tweet comes out at the same time as the gap 2925 the mid morning pivot i suppose i'm just saying here's the look of the spider chart by the way i'm just saying at some point you have to scratch your head and say all right maybe there is isn't something here but it's not as black and white as the tweet police would want you to believe now i'm all for the fact and i always say this the market will get a spark the piece of news can be a spark but here's where I take a detour from most other people. I'm in for the spark. I'm all about the spark is the spark. However, I'm also about this was going to happen anyway. I don't know what the spark's going to be, and I don't know when the spark's going to come. However, you hearken back to what we've been discussing and what have we been discussing, the fact that This is a bear flag pattern that will likely begin to play out to the downside once we break out of this range. Even if we spiked higher, which we never did, still yet, this will play out to the downside until and unless we got up to a certain area and began closing up there, change the trend, yada, yada, yada. Okay, where are we now? We're still in that channel. We haven't broke down yet, so don't get too excited we're still going to see large swings in both directions. Team defense will be out on the field early next week trying to save this market. If we have a big gap down Sunday night and follow through into Monday morning and we gap below the lows, obviously all bets are off. If we don't do that and we see the markets trading up a little bit, We could certainly get a dead cat bounce for a day two or three. That's certainly possible. It is garden variety market behavior. Why wouldn't the market just collapse? It could. It may happen at some point. But remember, it's hard to kill a bull. There's a vested interest in not having a collapse. People, investors, traders, people in general want to believe in the, there won't be a collapse and the market will go back up. So there's all the incentive to save the market. Can they save the market? Maybe temporarily. My belief is they cannot We'll also get back to that later along with some other numbers, but I have a myriad of other things that I want to cover. I think there's a ton of learning opportunity based on what happened, based on the expanded volatility. We can always find things on charts that give us another tool or an added advantage that we can use later. I have several of those things today. I think we can all take advantage of the opportunity. So we're back to a 15-minute chart. I want to remind us of something we discussed on Thursday. Maybe it's better shown on a five-minute chart, but we're focused in on the close from Thursday. And if you remember from Thursday's video, I didn't necessarily love that close. It was kind of a, certainly in hindsight, a warning sign. We discussed it. I said, I'm not 100% sure that was good news for the Bulls, better news for the Bears. As it turned out, that was maybe or potentially a little bit of an early warning sign of what was to come. One of those things, you can't prove it. You can't put your finger on it. You can't touch and feel it. It was something I noticed. We discussed it. And unfortunately, we have to leave it at that. But when you see those things, you take notice. They're puzzle pieces. They go on the table. And don't forget, what was the cover theme of Thursday's video? Shenanigans. Alright, we're moving the ball around the horn again. It's okay, it's all going to come together. I want to always go back to make sure that we never lose sight. Even however wild and crazy the markets can get, common sense still generally plays a role Way more often than not. Case in point. I mentioned before, or you saw in the notes before from Inside the Numbers, that it was the second decision point of the day. What was the first decision point of the day? Let's go back to Inside the Numbers and just focus on this for one second. If the bulls give up the big fat psychological number of 2,900, they could have a waterfall decline. Okay. Now, this is up at about 8.30 in the morning, give or take. How about 9.55? Round number of ES2900 held so far by the dip crowd right in front of Powell's speech. Anything goes. On busy days, I'm doing the best I can to play tour guide, but a tour guide with numbers. 10.05, SPY gap 292.13, ES2921.75, Not reached yet. Through and closing hourly above the gap is bullish. They did get through the gap, but they didn't close hourly above there. At the time, I'm noting not filling the gap is bearish until it's filled, and that's at least in this case right now. I'm also noting the IWM is weak, again playing tour guide. From there, you can figure out the rest. You know what happens. And basically, at that point, later on, I said, for now, low of the day is the bogey, below the low of the day, and that was it. And so here we are at another decision point. Are they going to try and save the market down here at triple, quadruple bottom, whatever you want to call it? Are they going to try and rally the market back up? Or will the rubber band just snap? And we finally get to clean out some of the excesses that have been built up in the market of late. There's something else I want to make mention of on the daily chart. I find this more than fascinating. So anybody that's taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader understands that there are a variety of different ways that we approach figuring out where the market's going to go on the low side, on the southern side. How low can they go? We never know exactly how low they can go, but we can get a pretty good idea of where a certain amount of natural support should come into the market. One of the strategies used in the course actually comes up with a number slightly below 275. Anybody that's taken the course... Go to the market symmetry section, review that section, and tell me it's not fascinating where the market would travel to and have perfect symmetry. It's not one of the numbers on the screen, but it is fascinating. Moving the ball around the horn. Remember this from yesterday. We looked at the 120-minute chart. We identified a possible reversal. Whenever we discuss reversals, What's attached to a reversal? How do you trade with a reversal? Well, it's not rocket science. It's obviously in the course, but it's in everybody's course. You trade against the high of the reversal. In this case, any 120-minute candle closing above the high of that reversal candle creates a situation where that no longer is a reversal candle. Let's continue the discussion about reversal candles for a moment and then talk about reality. The hourly chart, another reversal candle. So let's go back in time, and this is from a couple of days ago. So we have a reversal candle after we make a bull flag pattern, and then the market starts down, but we recover. So let's say you're in the trade, and you're thinking you're right, you're right, you're right, and all of a sudden, the market reverses and starts to make a run right for the high near that reversal candle high, and you're thinking what? Exactly. I'm screwed. Here's a different look at it, a five-minute chart. Here's the high of where that hourly high was. So you're right. When the market reverses, it is a reversal candle and the market continues lower, lower, lower. It looks good. It looks great. Looks like you're right. And then all of a sudden, you go forward in time and you're not so right anymore. And over here, before the market collapsed down, it looks like you're wrong because look where we went back to. And this is part of the torture. That's what causes traders to cover their positions, not have conviction in their thoughts, not have conviction in their work. That brings up another point. We'll get back to the charts in a moment, I promise, but this is a good point. It's the reason why I do what I do the way I do what I do. For example, I could sit in a chat room and feed you trades. I could feed you support and resistance areas just the same as anybody else. But what I would rather do is I would rather you learn how to do it yourself. That's why we have this three-legged stool going on. We have the three pillars of success. These videos here, the lazy e-mini trader course, and then inside the numbers for that next level of information. And then, of course, there are trade opportunities in there every single day. The idea is to give you the best of both worlds, but to teach you how to do this for yourself so you don't need me. All right, back in our lane. Let's get back to the SPY and then we'll move on and see what else we have. Are there lower numbers than 270? 269.90 is a number that I came up with, but you know how the numbers work. The market isn't necessarily going to hit the number, turn around, and go the other way. The number is within, let's say, a quote-unquote margin of error. Maybe it's 50 cents below, maybe it's 50 cents above, but in that general zone should be at minimum of temporary or intraday at minimum chart support. The 275. The 275 is somewhat of a generic number. There's another number that comes from the market symmetry discussion we had before that's not 275. 275 is generic the reason it's dotted is because I never thought that that number would ultimately hold I think it'll hold for intraday I think it'll hold for maybe a couple or three days but in the long run I'm not necessarily convinced that that's going to hold look at what's going on here with the market look at the type of decline we had and the big large swings that created this bear flag pattern This tells me that it's unlikely that we're just going to come down here and stop. It tells me there's lower coming, but it's not going to happen in one day. It could, but it's unlikely. Again, think in terms of the 80-20 rule, the 90-10 rule, even the 99-1% rule. How many times is the market actually going to have A real crash. It's going to happen very, very infrequently. It will happen. It has happened. It will happen again. But the likelihood of it happening is not likely. Right now, it's not necessarily likely. Here are the numbers as they know them. The 275 or thereabouts should provide temporary support. You can see on a weekly basis, it actually looks like it would provide a lot more support than temporary. We'll see. 275, it's actually a little bit lower, but you can see what's going on here. As we look at the weekly chart, we have a big breakup candle, so we have a big breakup candle low that happens to come in around the same area as the 275, also happens to be the 100 period moving average on the weekly chart. Should we find chart support at 275? We should. The question is, will that be the bottom or will the bottom come in at lower prices? And that's what I'm getting at. I believe the bottom will come in at lower prices. When I say bottom, is that the ultimate bottom? Do we make new highs? No. For this leg of the decline. How long is this leg of the decline going to last or when is the bottom going to come in? Great question. Well, let's look at things a little bit differently than most. How are we going to begin to figure out where the low and when the low might come in? Let's go back to the common sense thing for a second. Weekly chart, we're looking at a few corrections. What information can we gain from those corrections? Nothing is to the number, nothing is to the T. We're looking for generalized information, and then we'll work in from there. How long do corrections last? There's no book answer, there's no hard and fast rule, but what we can do is just take the information that's right in front of us on the chart and use it. For now, here's what we have. When you look back to the area of early 2018, you see that this correction from the time it started Till the time it ended, keep in mind, this is a weekly chart, so each candle represents one week of time. That correction lasted about three months. Depending on where you count from, about three months. We're not going to get nitty gritty, we're not going to get too specific just yet. The second correction in the middle of the screen, again, depending on where you really count from, it looks much worse, but it really is about three months, give or take. We're generalizing. Now we fast forward to right where we are now and we had this pullback. This was a correction or was it a pullback? Does it count in the big scheme of things? It's a good question and here's my answer. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. I have an answer. Other traders, other analysts would have maybe a different answer. This is the way I'm looking at it. That was a pullback. The fact that the market made new highs resets the clock in my mind. So we're really starting from the recent high or thereabout or where the market began to break down from in early August. So if this holds true to form, are we looking at a correction that lasts through, for example, October? Could be shorter, could be longer... We're just generalizing. We're trying to get a handle on where we are from a big picture perspective. When we have those thoughts, when we have this type of conversation, we also have to recognize that in the middle of this, we're going to have huge swings in both directions. The market's going to make a bottom. It's going to rally for a week or so. It's going to come down and retest the bottom. Maybe it holds, maybe it doesn't. That's the kind of activity that goes on during the rodeo. When you look at the weekly chart, you essentially see the end result. If you look at a monthly chart, you see the end result. You look at a daily chart, you see the rodeo. It's still a rodeo either way. It just looks more magnified the shorter the time frame. How about my favorite market-leading indicator, the IWM? This was more than a crime scene. This is a murder investigation. Just for a second, looking back in time, look at that trend line that we were working all that time. That plus the moving averages were a pretty good guideline of late. You want to be careful above the moving averages, below the trend line, it's in that purgatory state. But you knew what you had, assuming we break the lows. Once they break the lows, if they break the lows, where are they going? It's a wide swath of but first and second support areas as they are on the screen. They're not to the penny, but they're the general zone of where the market should find support. It won't feel like it at the time. As the market's going down, if we have, and I expect at some point, let's say we get a dead cat bounce for a couple of days into next week, we're going to have another bout of selling. It's going to feel like it's getting worse as we're getting closer to the target. Whether it's the target in the SPY, the IWM, whatever market or stock or index you're looking at, as you get closer to a target, it looks worse and worse like you don't want to buy the target. And guess what? You don't want to buy the target. Let's have that discussion. It's the same thing as guessing at where the high is going to be. We don't want to guess where the low is going to be. I'll let you know where and when I think the low is coming, you'll hear stuff like, we're looking for a low. We've done it before. We'll get pretty close and we'll get close in price and time. The lines or the support levels you see on the screen here are for now. Let me explain that a little further. Let's say the market comes quickly, meaning within a week or so of some of these numbers that we discussed, whether it's in the IWM or the SPY. Those numbers are good, but if we come close or we come down some and the market whips around, we have some big swings in both directions, and the market just basically eats some time off the clock, that's going to change the numbers. So these numbers are good for now. As I get that a lot. Somebody will come back around and say, hey, six months ago you said this number was good. Yeah, that was six months ago, but what did the market do inside of that six month period of time between then and now determines what the current numbers are. Numbers aren't always necessarily static. The market is fluid. Therefore, numbers are fluid. Let's stay on the topic of getting pre-prepared. Let's assume for a second for the purposes of this conversation, the lows and the spider, the IWM, all the indexes are broken and the market does come down further. What should the expectations be in terms of emotions, in terms of what we're watching, what we're listening to, what we're believing and not believing? I recognize you can't help but listen to the news. It's hard not to. Even on a day like yesterday, I was listening to the news. I had CNBC on yesterday. I do it on rare occasions. Why? Because I get material, but I also want to know what they're talking about. When the market is going haywire, it does make sense for me to be in the know. So you will hear things like, the world is ending, the market's going to zero, we're going to have a prolonged recession, we're going to have a depression... You're going to hear all the things that you always hear. The more of them you hear, the worse they get, the closer we will be to a bottom. You don't have to worry about it. Stay tuned. We'll find it. But it's not here yet. You got to just let the market do its thing. What's doing down at the transportation department? Same as the IWM. We've been eyeballing these market leading indicators every single day. Look at how weak the transports were, the IWM was, in comparison to the triple Qs, the Spider, everything else we were looking at, these were melting away first. That's why they're my favorite market-leading indicators. This is not new information. The weekly chart, where are the transports headed? Well, we can't tell the final destination right now, but I can tell you a juicy destination is about 9,000. It won't feel like it at the time. You'll think FedEx and UPS are going out of business at the time, but down at 9,000 is chart support. The cues, another homicide investigation. You can see how clearly this becomes that this bear flag pattern, again, similar or same to the spider, is beginning to develop as we map them out over and over again. They don't all work out 100% of the time as we would like them, but we've been discussing this for a long time. It's torture because it was wide, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Same as the spider, but you can see what's happening here. It's breaking down. 183.11, let me show you something interesting. Was watching the cues during the day on Friday, and when you take a look at the shorter-term intraday chart, we see them do this all the time. Not just the cues. this type of stuff shows up on charts all the time. There was a gap at 183.11. I'm waiting for the gap. What happens? They come up short. The low was 183.15 and immediately reverse. Pretty quickly, you're up a dollar in the cues. That's not chump change. But we know what that was. That was... Either the market telling you it's extremely strong and it's going to go back in the northern direction. Now, we had to, at the time, consider what just happened. So that's not necessarily in the forefront of our mind or my mind at the time. Not necessarily looking for a low at the gap. I'm looking for a reaction at the gap. Not necessarily looking for a hard low at the gap. It's a trade. It's a scalp trade. But here's the deal. The thought process is the only way that they're going to start going up north, away from that gap, is getting above the high of the last breakdown candle. That didn't happen. What did they do? They simply put in another bear flag pattern, right? Let me redraw that. Here, another bear flag pattern. Down, another flag, and another down. So you can see the fact that we did not get a very, very tremendous, or I like to use the word stout bounce away from that gap, there's only one thing that that could mean. It was a rope-a-dope. They even did another rope-a-dope. They fill the gap, bounce off of it again. This is, again, torture. And intraday traders, and you should all realize this, most of you do realize this, when the market is trading down to two and a half, three percent Wide swings in both directions, extremely volatile. That's not necessarily made for everybody. You can trade it. Most people shouldn't trade it. You have a position. You were short the market. You had your belief system. You knew what was going on. You thought what was going to happen was going to happen was going to happen. The whole nine yards, you have your position. You wait for it to happen. You treat yesterday's market as a spectator sport. Average traders like you and me, right, like you and me, are not trading this back and forth all day long on a day like this. Sure, there are trades. The more experienced you are, the more trades you may be able to take or may be willing to take. But here's something that we also do know. The trader that comes out of a day like Friday with 10 or 12 trades typically was on the losing side. I hope... Everybody who's here is on the winning side, but I'm just stating the facts. The more trades you make, the less the odds are in your favor, you're going to come out a winner. What other information can we get from that gap that was essentially closed below in the queues? That's bearish, that's negative. We did not get a reaction in the northern direction of substance away from that gap, so therefore, I have to look at that as bearish market behavior. The financials, what do we have here? Again, we know the story. Without the financials, the market is not going anywhere in the northern direction. The financials have been melting away. We talk about them every single day. It started to get ugly. It's getting uglier. There's lower prices. Again, we can have a couple of days where they may try and save the market. They may be able to save the market, but ultimately, I don't think they can save the market. SMH, Double Homicide Investigation. Let's look at this using a simple 80-20 rule, common sense market analysis. 80% of the time, when you see a chart that looks like this, with a big down day that looks like that, down 4%, gave up all the moving averages in one shot, big reversal, high volume, 12 million shares against an average of less than 6. Common sense market analysis tells us ...that more than 80% of the time, that's an indication that the market's going lower, period, full stop. Couple of three days of torture, possible, but the market's going lower. That's what that tells you. I skipped over the VIX, so I thought it would be good to circle back to the VIX. What do we have? Well, you can see what happened. The market was supported by the moving averages a couple of days ago. Now, it looks to be at least on the verge of a rocket ride... The VIX is wild. It can have the same type of swing in the other direction. Piece of news, the S&P goes up 30 points and the VIX could certainly come down 12% in a flash. So we know about that. But let's get a better handle on where the VIX could actually go if it continues higher as and if the market, stock market that is, continues lower. Let's just use common sense. Here we have a weekly high of 2410 a weekly high of 2481. Here, the market is essentially going sideways, eating time off the clock, making what? A bull flag pattern. We don't know if it's going to blast off with a rocket ride next week or have a couple of more weeks of sideways. We'll see. It's going to be dependent, obviously, on the market and what kind of rodeo the market has, meaning the stock market. But on the northern side, just using common sense, we would look at the previous week's pivot highs. And then we would say, is it logical that we would come up short of those previous pivot highs or eclipse those pivot highs? Well, being that the market is likely going to go lower, meaning the stock market is finally going to break lower, maybe what everybody's been waiting for, then we would suggest that we're probably going to eclipse the old highs in the VIX and where would the next Area of natural resistance B we just look left and the next thing we see is essentially the high of a breakdown candle the high is 2853 so somewhere in the neighborhood of 28 give or take something on either side is the next natural area of overhead resistance for the VIX now traders that have taken the course at lazy e-mini trader will have some other tools in their tool belt how to refine the price down farther than give or take 28 but for the purposes of this video it's give or take 28 speaking of this video it is getting long in the tooth so I am going to pull the ripcord I do want to say how much I do appreciate everybody I appreciate all the subscribers all the viewers all the longtime followers I thank everybody very much without you I can't do what I do so it's a symbiotic relationship it is a pay-forward relationship. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost.